You're listening to The Full Broadside. Welcome everyone to episode 5 of the Full Broadside with me this week. I have Sock and KJ with me. Welcome guys. Evening. Hope you guys had a good uh, 4th of July for those who are celebrating 4th of July. And Sock, I hope you had a great Canada Day. Yeah, and uh, we we also have, again this week, returning for another episode, we have our discount Mando, Nimitz. (laughs) How's it going, Nimitz? Good, guys. Thanks for having me back. I appreciate it. You know, you were so much fun the last time we thought we'd have you back one more time. Um, <laughs> Mando is is away and couldn't be here again this week. And uh, there there was some grumblings about his uh, contract needing to be renegotiated. But <laughs> we, we don't have that kind of budget. So we're going to go with the discount Mando again one week. So it, it's fine. Mando should be back next week when we record. And uh, thanks, everybody, for being patient as well, uh, waiting for episode five. Uh, we, we took a week off for, for the fourth. Didn't figure there'd be a whole lot of people wanting to listen during the fourth. And you know what? We all had things we needed to do as well. So so here we are. Anyway, getting right into it, there's a lot happened in the two weeks that we were, uh, we were on vacation. Um, let's start first with the, uh, the new United States battleship line. And uh, what do you guys, uh, you know, I've seen some of them in, in the game, uh, mostly the California. Uh, there's a premium tier seven Florida, which I have not come across yet. But uh, what are your early thoughts on these, uh, these new battleships, guys? What do you think? Well, from what I understand, the, uh, the Florida is still being tested. It's, that's going to be a very interesting ship. It's going to be a tier six, It's going to be a tier seven, and it's going to be what the North Carolina would have been if the um, Washington Naval Treaties Escalation Clause hadn't been brought in, and they weren't didn't convert them to sixteen-inch guns. The California, on the other hand, I've heard it's not a fantastic ship. I don't have either of them. I've never played either of them, so I can't really speak to that too much. But from what I understand, the Florida is going to be a bit of a monster. Now, as for the Tech Tree ships, all the reviews I've seen and all the early looks I've seen on them have said they're going to be complete trash. Yeah, glass, glass early cannons. Days. Yeah, is, and I don't know how much I believe that. Yeah, glass cannons is is the term that I've heard most uh, regarding these ships. They're big. Their citadel is also big, and they're out out of the water a little ways and easy to hit. But they've got some pretty strong guns, and they can they can delete quite a few ships fairly quick. But it's a matter of learning how to play them so that you don't end up wiped yourself. Well, the Vermont, the tier ten, is going to have the heaviest broadside in the game. It's going to have 12 457s. I'm assuming they're the same guns that are on the Georgia and the Ohio, but I haven't looked too closely at that. As far as um, the ships, too, the the stats, the reviews that are coming out on them now, um, that's the way the ships are at this point. By the time they're actually released into the game in their final form, uh, they're probably going to be totally different. Absolutely. I, I 100% think they're going to be quite significantly buffed. Um, I'd like to see something a little bit more, have them be a little bit more like the the rest of the U.S. battleships with the really good heals and maybe even give them all the quick recharge heal that the Massachusetts and Georgia get. I think that'll be interesting. On top of that, I think 40 seconds is way too long for the reload. 35 would be a lot more appropriate. I think if anything gets changed, that'll be what gets changed. Now, yeah. one thing that I kind of toyed around with in my head that would make these things completely unique would be 35 millimeters of bow and stern plating, which would mean that they can't be overmatched. That's an interesting take. Yeah, I mean, you got to do something to... Well, I guess they'll, they'll have to uh, kick them out, see what the what the game style or the gameplay style is with them and, and make adjustments as needed. Um, because, yeah, they, they might end up being off the map very quickly, but I, I guess we'll see. Um, 
you know, with the uh, the Tier 7 Florida, uh, I believe that one's not quite out yet because, like you said, it's still in testing. Uh, the Kriegsmarine uh, German Brandenburg at Tier 8 Premium is probably along the same lines. I haven't seen that one show up yet either. Uh, going back to uh, the California, it's more of a... I, I believe they were... I believe in history it was the same class as the Arizona. Um but uh, it's got like 356 millimeter guns, so does, yeah. So the overmatch on that's not going to be that great. Um, it's got uh, a fully submerged Citadel. I know that much. Um, and uh, I think the rotation on the guns, the turrets, is not that great, and the accuracy is not that great. So yeah, well, plus she's a, th- a he's a thick boy, very very big, very slow. Well, I watched it, Euro's video on it, and it was really interesting because he suggested just spam HE. Just sit at really long range and spam HE. You know, I've heard heard the word a few times now from, from both you guys, uh, overmatch. There's probably some people out there that aren't familiar with the term. Uh, why don't you guys explain it a little bit for the listeners that don't know? So the way the overmatch mechanic works... I would argue that it is one of the most important things to understand about this game, especially as a battleship player. Um, the what the overmatch mechanic does is you take is it allows there's a certain armor threshold that every caliber of gun can completely ignore. So the way you figure this out is you take the caliber of your gun and divide it by fourteen point three. Now, if we open up our calculator app here. On my phone, <laughs> and let's let's use the Yamato for example. So it's got 460 millimeter guns. We divide that by 14.3. That gives us an answer of 32.16. Now that what does that that means that it has just enough caliber to overmatch 32 millimeters of armor, which is the bow and stern plating of tier eight, nine, and ten battleships. That means that you can, uh, the Yamato, Musashi, and Shikishima are the only ships in the game that can citadel any battleship through the front. And you completely ignore their plating, and then you only have to worry about the belt armor. Now, at the same time, this can be used the other way. Say you're in a cruiser. Say you're in a, you're in the Des Moines, for example. You know, you've got 27 millimeters of bow and stern plating, and you... You're thinking, okay, that battleship up there, I know he's got gun caliber X. Can I bow tank him? Like, if I rush him, will he be able to citadel me through the bow? Will you take your armor value, in this case 27 millimeters, multiply it by 14.3, and you come up with 386. 27 times 14.3 is 386.1. So that means anybody with 386.1 millimeter caliber guns or better will completely be able to ignore your armor. Essentially, that means that any, pretty much any battleship you're going to encounter, save for like the Jean Bart Alsace, because they have 380s, uh, will, will be able to completely ignore your armor. Now, I'm not sure if I did. I, that seems like that was a pretty decent explanation of how the overmatch mechanic works. Now, bear in mind that is only effective for armor-piercing shells. Uh, high explosive shells work completely differently. Do any of you guys have anything you want to add to that? No, I just did the math on my phone for the California, though, since we were talking about it. Um, that's a tier seven, so you're going to end up in a you know tier tier nine match frequently. It's going to have that, 26 millimeters of bounce during plating. Yeah, 25 millimeter plus. Yep. Yeah, that's not going to be good for uh, tier seven to be up tiered. It never really is, but that's just going to lead to uh, much destruction. Uh, that's this is that why this is why I always say, at least for a battleship, it's much better to be in a tier eight in a tier ten game than it is to be in a tier seven in a tier nine game. Simply because of that overmatch threshold. Tier five, I believe it's five, six, and seven battleships get twenty six millimeters of plating. Whereas 8, 9, and 10 get 32, which is a really big difference because that means that 406s, uh, uh, 16-inch guns, so like your Colorados, your um, Sinops, uh, and basically you know anything with 16-inch guns can compl- overmatch those ships and ignore the armor. Both in 8, 9, and 10, that's not going to happen. 
that's that's why I think that eight is a much better tier than seven. But we're getting a little off topic with that one a little bit there, away from the overmatch mechanic. No, it's relatable. It's good. But in terms of the California, yeah, the it's going to have the 26 millimeters of bow and stern, and coupled with it being so slow, it makes it a little awkward, especially considering that if you're facing a Colorado, he can ignore your armor and you can't do anything about it because you, your guns aren't big enough to do the same thing to him. If we take 356, which is the caliber of 14 inches, divide it by 14.3, you only get 24.89. It's not quite enough to overmatch a battleship. It's enough to rip through cruisers of those tiers because they only have, I believe, 19 or 21 millimeters, but it's not enough to go through a battleship. All right, well, how about the uh, the the French battleship, the Champagne, with its 406 guns? Uh, any of you guys, I, I, I've seen it in-game, uh, mixed reviews on it from, from my behalf. What, what do you guys think about that? Now, it's interesting. Now that we've talked about the overmatch mechanic, uh, it's a really good segue into the Champagne. I thought because so. Because it is the only battleship in the game that has a different armor threshold than the rest of its tier. It's a tier 8 battleship, which means it should have 32 millimeters of bow and stern and to an extent deck plating, thin fore and aft end deck plating. But it only gets 25. That's the same as a light cruiser. That means that every battleship you encounter will overmatch you. Additionally, that also means that just about every HE spammer you come across is going to be able to pen and you're not going to be getting shatters. Light cruisers at tier 8, 9, and 10 without the IFHE skill can only penetrate 30 millimeters of armor. That means that essentially most battleships are safe uh, with the exclusion of their superstructures. Champagne doesn't is not included. It's really, it's a light cruiser in, disguised as a battleship. Yeah, that's uh, that's kind of a crazy ship, and uh, at tier eight against tier nines and tens, that's going to be hard. I don't know what the best way to play that ship is. I mean, I haven't got it. It's not something that I was really overly interested in. Uh, I'm a big Jean Bart and French uh, French battleship fan, but that's not one that really perked my interest. So looking at the numbers on paper, you know, as as I did with the Odin, I'm unimpressed with that. But I'll save that for next week because I know Mando loves the Odin already. So yep. um, we'll talk with him about that one. But yeah, the the champagne or the champagne depends on how you want to pronounce it. It a uh, little underwhelming, and it's another one of those uh, glass cannons, and and it seems to be a theme right now. They're putting these ships, you know, the the U.S. Uh, battleship line we talked about, and and this this French one here. They've got very light armor, and they've got big dog guns, and uh, it's it's going to be interesting. I mean, if you can manage to figure out a way to stay alive you theoretically could could help alter the game uh, in your favor, you know? Uh, I, I'm just guessing uh, with the 406 is still, I'm assuming it's going to play a little bit like like you would play the Thunder, long-range sniper. Absolutely. And, and don't show them any, any uh, broadside at all, none, Absolutely. zero. Keep moving, stay at a really long distance, just spam. Yeah, that's essentially the way that it's played. And it's maneuverable enough that it's pretty hard to hit. It really, I think it really plays like a cruiser more than a battleship. I, again, I don't have it, so I can't really speak from experience. I'm only speaking off of videos that I've watched. Yeah, I, I don't have it either. I've seen it. I've gone up against it a couple of times. Uh, never really been the target of it, so I don't know even you know how, how strong those guns are. Um, I know they're 406s, so... I mean, I'm sure they're going to hurt if they catch you on the right day. Well, and, and the 406, that's the same caliber that the uh, North Carolina runs, the 406. Am I correct? I believe so. Yes. Yeah, but it's got a few more. I think it's only uh, 406 with six guns, I believe. Uh, yes. The champagne. Are, yeah, so, I, I, yeah, I think it reloads faster. It probably has like, I think it has like a 26, 25 second reload base, although uh, don't quote me on that. Champagne has got 30 second reload. That doesn't. Um, 20, 28.6 second reload, sorry. Well, it's still not terrible. I think the uh, North Carolina is right it's around 30. that 30 mark as well. And you can you can knock it back with captain skills and whatnot down into the 27s, I think. But Well, with uh, still... only Adrenaline Rush. Adrenaline Rush is the only thing you get at that tier. Remember, you don't get slot 6 for upgrades until tier 9. Oh, right, right, right. 
max so your range base on. reload will always be 30 seconds with a battleship like that. Yeah, the champagne's max range is 25k. Yeah, that's very impressive for a for a tier eight. Well, since we're talking about these, I want to break and go to cruisers. The Russian cruiser line split has been completed. Uh, we had them in early access, or some of us did. I, I got as far as getting the permanent camo for the Tallinn, but never got the Tallinn or any of the others. So I found myself the other night looking at it and going, okay, now I've got to go and repurchase the shores because I'm going to have to build up some XP to open up that line and, and work my way to the Petropav Losk and... Uh, yeah, that's, that's something I'm probably going to do. It looks like they're heavier cruisers. looks like they're going to be uh, pretty interesting and uh, something I want to try. I, yeah, I know some of you guys are working on them. Uh, what are your thoughts on those guys? Well, I have the Riga. I got the Talon from a... Well, I didn't get it from a crate. I got lucky with the crates, and I ended up getting enough coins that I could get the Talon. Um, I didn't really like the Talon. I know everybody says it's fantastic. I didn't really like it. I mean, I, I played it. I got enough XP on it that I could get uh, that when the Riga, like when the line came out, I had enough XP to get the Riga on day one. So I've been playing through that now. So I kind of got a jump start and I was able to start it right at tier nine. I really, I really like the Riga. I think it's a fantastic ship and I think the Petra's looking only going to be better. Now, are those those are the heavier cruisers, correct? I I, I didn't make a mistake and and call them heavy when they're lights. They are heavy. The heavy cruisers in out of the uh, the Russians, right? That's correct. Okay. The that's Riga. What I the best way to describe it is that it's like a mini Moskva. It's just a Moskva that's slightly smaller in every way. Sure, you know, shorter range. It's not quite as fast. Uh, better concealment. Just a a little bit, little bit toned down Moskva. And then the Petra is kind of different. It's not so much the long-range kiter. It's more of a... Well, I guess you could still, I guess it still is a long-range kiter. It's going to play a lot like the Moskva, but I think it's just a better ship overall, if I'm honest with you. But I can't really speak to the Petropavlos because I don't have it yet. The Riga I can, though. And I think the Riga is an excellent ship. Well, and the choice. Riga, the Riga also comes with the uh, the radar, and that's uh, that's got to be right on par with the the distance uh, that the Mosfa has. Correct? Yeah, they do. They have the same. All three of those ships have the same radar: Tallinn, Riga, and Petro. All have the same radar. Uh, Twelve kilometers, if only fifteen seconds. Whereas I believe the Moskva gets thirty seconds, maybe twenty. 15 second radar is really awkward. It's not really, it's only with those ships, it's only really enough time to get one salvo off at a DD. Which is good for DD players, <laughs> you know. They yeah, it was a little uh, more love. <laughs> broke my heart that they introduced more ships with more radar. <laughs> Joy and aircraft carriers. Woohoo. Yep, yeah, more aircraft carriers. Yeah, we we are in the dockyard still, but it's funny now because we have, uh, you know, Nimitz. We were talking uh, prior to the show about the uh, the amount of stuff that they have right now. I mean, we've got our dockyard still going on. Now they've got the pre-release for the German carriers and uh, all the crates that you can get from those and work your way up. And and it seems like every time we turn around, there's. Uh, more stuff to take out the DDs, but a lot of stuff going on uh, the, the last few weeks and uh, in the coming weeks here in uh, World of Warships. Yeah, I was talking to one of our claymates, Shep, and um, he had made a point. He said, uh, ever since he and I started playing this game back in the day, I think this is the most content we've had to do at one time. And it's pretty cool. I mean, it's exciting. There's so many different things to do. If you get bored, you know, doing one thing you can switch to something else um but it can be a little bit overwhelming too because uh, i don't know about you guys but sometimes when i get to thinking about all the different stuff i can do it's really hard for me to focus and organize my thoughts um but again i do think it's cool and i'm, I'm enjoying it so far yeah every time you turn around it seems there's something new coming out there's that there's another ship another premium ship uh, i mean they're kicking out premium ships left and right it seems and uh I guess that's good. You don't want a stagnant game and the game constantly changing, which means, you know, new ships are going to come in and the meta is going to change. And then they're going to have to uh, make adjustments to the existing ships. 
And uh, that's that's one thing that I really wanted to talk about today is one of my favorite things that I saw. Now that I've been playing DDs a little bit and you know a little frustrated with the amount of radar and and how fast carriers can zoom in on you and take you out of the game within the first 30 seconds and it's hard to avoid sometimes uh they are in testing to and they're looking to reduce the air detection uh, of destroyers and it sounds like they're they're about cutting them in half as long as your AA is turned off. As soon as you turn it on, you're going to have a just as good as firing a shot with your main guns. You're going to light up for 20 seconds, and then you're going to get uh, attacked. But if you want to be away from CVs and not have any attention from them after this update comes, and they didn't say when, they just said it's in testing, um, that is going to be really, really helpful for DDs, and I, I think we're going to see them lasting a lot longer in games and... Uh, doing a heck of a lot for um, for their gameplay and their teammates. I'm kind of curious how that's going to work. Um, when we talked about that earlier, too, I looked at my Olan, which I just got recently. That's detectability by air is 2.6. So, you know, you cut that down to 50%, you're at 1.3. Um, but a plane, you know, can cover that distance in like a heartbeat. You know, I mean, it's just like... I don't know how effective it's actually gonna be when you get down that low, but it could be effective for like some of the gunships that have the higher um, detectability range by air. I mean, it's gonna be interesting. I I, I want to see. I want to see the numbers on it. Well, here here's my thought on it: is the um, you know take your your Oland, you know, and, and I haven't looked up the proper pronunciation for that, and we'll we'll skip that for another week. <laughs> I don't want everybody going, oh, what did we just hear? Did we hear? We didn't hear anything. Yeah, it was fun. But <laughs> anyway, the Oland, you say 2.6, and you can probably reduce that with captain skills concealment and whatnot. Uh, but at base, 2.6, reducing to 1.3. Now, we have a carrier player in Sock, and I'd like to get his take on this. But uh, whenever I've flown planes off of a carrier... The rockets tend to be what you, you what you chase down the uh, or what the vast majority of carrier players do. Uh, they run the rockets versus the the DDs. They go out, they find all the DDs, get a get a good spotting for all their all their uh, teammates to kind of get an idea where they're going, and you go at them with the rockets and you just pepper them down with rockets. Well. The problem is now when you light them up, you find them and you start going in at them, you can usually fire and, and get a hit or two, but there's there's some process that takes place once you start your, your lineup and your, your, your dive. That's not going to be possible with 1.3 because when you see them, okay, now you got to make an adjustment to maybe turn out, change your flight plan to get them and, and line up, and they're going to disappear. So you're going to have to figure out approximately where they're going to be and hope that they didn't turn away. So when you come in, you're not going to be able to lock on them. It's going to be a lot harder to hit them with rockets. Yeah, no, I mean, I get that. You're right. Um, I was just saying, like, you know, that second run, though. I mean, you can drop a spotter plane or not a spotter plane, but fighters um, to try to help maintain his visibility as long as possible and use that to line up on him as well i mean i, I get totally what you're saying that that does it, it's it's going to be a little bit more difficult for sure yeah 1.3 kilometers is a little too close i find that with my carriers you need about three kilometers to set up a run with fighters and that's usually if you're on top of your game you can spot a destroyer and you'll be able to hit you'll be able to hit him on the first pass. Sometimes if you're not really paying attention or if he comes up behind an island or if you're just not not ready, you're not at the right angle, you know, if he doesn't line up right in your sights, then you'll have to go out and you'll have to turn around and find him. I don't know. It's so hard to say if this is going to change things a lot. Well, Because they're going to be spotted for such a short period of time. And the thing is, it, at, at lower tiers, it's a little easier because the planes are so much slower. But at high tiers, when you're doing 250 knots, a kilometer and a half goes by pretty quickly, and you don't really have the time to drop on a destroyer if it's that close. Right. And, and what Nimitz said is dropping your fighters, that's going to alter the paradigm in the game a little bit, because a lot of times what I'll do is when I'm flying out, I see enemy carriers coming in towards 
my bigger ships and he's running with torps, I drop fighters over my guys so that when that torpedo group comes, they get taken out faster, they do a lot less damage, and they're out of there. And now I'm going to have to be focusing. If I'm going to continue to chase DDs, I've got to drop the fighters there. So that's one different play style that's going to be altered a little bit. The other thing that I see happening is I see CV players getting frustrated trying to find the DDs now that they're harder to find with this new update that's coming. So what I see him doing is, and what I thought about doing, you know what, it's kind of a pain to hit him anyway with the rockets. If you've got the tiny Tims, they're even harder. And now you can't see him as easy, and it's harder to make those runs. Instead of doing that for myself, I'm not even going to launch rockets. In fact, I'll probably find a, a carrier like the Indomitable and not run uh, any rockets at all. You know, just just run... I'm sorry, that one only has, that one's missing the torps, but I'd, I'd focus on the bigger ships with bombs and focus my points that way, you know, and I think DDs might just be ignored. We'll, we'll, we'll spot them as best we can and then move on to something else. A lot of carrier players already kind of do that. I already kind of do that. And with the fighter thing, again, that's a strategy that people already use. People will drop a... They'll drop their fighters over where the destroyer is to try to keep him lit up. Not necessarily so they can make another drop, um, but so that the teammates can keep them spotted. And if the guy's capping, they can hopefully try to get rid of that. It's gonna. It's definitely gonna take. Uh, and, and maybe this was Warship's goal. It's definitely gonna take more of a concerted effort to sink DDs. Maybe they're trying to involve other players. I don't know. Um, it. You know, I'm one of those whiners at times because it seems like you know when i'm in the dd everybody on the other team is shooting at me when i spot a dd no one shoots at it so we'll see right and you know something that i was i was going to add to that is in randoms this becomes more important for the the guys that are in division to communicate with the rest of the team and hopefully it will spur on a little bit more teamwork because here's the thing if i'm in a carrier i can't find this guy i know he's around here i can call out for radar from one of my radar ships that are nearby that area pop a radar now i can see him now i can focus them and get fighters up over them and get my rockets out at them and do the things to the destroyer that I need to do to help the team win. And hopefully during that time, my team is burning them down as well. But it's going to it's going to need uh, a little bit more teamwork. And I'm not certain you're going to get that out of random play. But I suppose we'll see. But KJ, I know you hate the carriers coming at you and smoking you and DDs. What do you, what do you what are your thoughts here on this? I mean, it's a it's a step in a in the right direction to a certain degree. I don't. Again, you know, you guys know that you know I play a lot of DDs, and it and it furiates me to no end of going out trying to do spot cap whatever. As soon as I get lit up by a carrier, it's over. I mean, that's it's just almost over. You you try to do everything you can to get away, and it never seems to fail. Um, that as soon as you get spotted, everybody focuses on you, unlike. Like Mr. Sock, that we were watching your stream a little bit earlier, and you're in your Moscow, and you're in open water, just firing away, and nobody's shooting at you. Nimitz and I both kind of made the comment: we never get that lucky. They always come after us when we get it. So, how you on how you how you manage to do that? <laughs> yeah, he he was actually in his Don Squay, but yeah, if you're in a Russian ship and you got radar and you're in open water, you're a dead man usually. But uh, Sock seemed to make that work perfect. Uh, well, you see, the thing that I do is you have to make sure that you're not the you're not uh, public enemy number 1 be annoying but not annoying enough that people want to shoot at you don't ever be the biggest fish right if I'm, I'm in the dd i'm at the little the smallest fish and they come right, right after me but point being <laughs> is that um you know, I I think it's kind of a step in the right direction to a certain degree. I don't. I, I never want it to be that now all of a sudden the the, the hammers or the, the the pendulum swings all the way over that now DDs are going to rule the roost. And I've never I've never agreed with that either. I think there just needs to be a good good enough balance that you have DDs to be able to go out and do what they need to do. You know, spot cap, 
whatever it is they need to do. I'm not saying that they need to run, be able to go anywhere on the map and not be spotted and, and not be taken out. But it just seems lately with, like I said, with all the radar, hydro, more ships coming in with radar and hydro, more carriers coming in. As a, somebody plays a lot of DDs, it's almost pointless to even get in a match because you can't go out and do anything. Yeah, you can hang back with the rest of your rest of your group, but what are you contributing to it by just hanging out and rest of, you know, hanging out in the back with everybody else? You're not going out and capping when you see the other teams going out and capping. Their DDs are going out, and you know, and you know, I know you guys have been in games too that you spot the enemy DD and you're yelling at somebody to to shoot at him, and nobody in the team shoots at him. Right. As, as soon as you go out and you get spotted, their entire team focuses you down. So I, I just think that's kind of a step in the right direction to a certain degree. Again, I don't want it to be that DDs have the roost, rule of roost because I don't believe that's the way it should be either. But I think there should be a good fine line that that being as a, a kind of, a, a you know, I'm a more of an aggressive DD player that, yeah, I want to go out. I want to cap. I want to do the stuff that I need to go do. But I get punished for trying to do that. Maybe uh, another thought. I don't know if warships would consider doing it, but to make DD players, um, you know, feel like they're being effective when they're just, you know, trying to go out there and keep everybody spotted for their team. Why not give them a two to three percent, you know, commander XP, XP, free XP boost when for spotting for spotting only? Um, that's a thought. I mean, something. I mean, it, it would it would definitely help, but a little little bit. But like I said, it's just a lot of times, you know, you some of the games that just feel like I, I you know, you don't contribute a lot. You know, you see some of the games, you're like going, okay, well, I did did pretty decently as far as score-wise, but then I really didn't do that well to actually contribute to the rest of the team because I didn't do much of anything. I didn't really spot anything. I didn't cap anything. I just kind of ran around, shot a few things, or torpedoed a few things because, as you all know, you know, hitting ships with torpedoes nowadays is still challenging because of, you know, most of the time your torpedoes are spotted as soon as you launch them. And that's a lot of ships, and unless you're doing the gunships again, I'm talking about most of the Japanese uh, uh, torpedo line, is that, you know, most of those, that's what you're relying on. I'm not saying you can't use guns. I use guns. But you're relying on your torpedoes to do the bulk of your damage. And as soon as you get spotted because you fired your guns, you're toast. So, yeah, like I said, it's it kind of, to me, it's a step in the right direction. Um, I would like to see it balanced better, but, you know, it's, we'll get there eventually. Yeah, at the, at the very least, they're doing something. I mean, they have to with all these carriers in the game and all the new ones that they're dropping. Um, it's uh, it's at least something, and I guess we'll see how it how it plays out and, and uh go from there but i i'm excited about it I, i'm hoping it it helps a little bit and uh just to keep us out on the map a little bit longer you know when we're in dds just just allow that you know that that the cv just can't simply take you out of the game in the first 30 seconds and you're you're back in the uh back in port you know it's kind of a kind of a pain for that to happen so it'd really be nice if if this does help and even if it doesn't it it's something that they're trying to check out and see what kind of uh adjustments need to be made from there going forward all right like i've always said you know to me it seems like the rockets are really overpowered but you know again i know you know, it's not easy hitting the DDs, but it sure seems like every time I'm playing them, uh, it doesn't matter who carry what carrier it is, they have no problem smacking me for half to three quarters of my health every single time. You yeah. just got to be a better DD player. That's all. That's true too. I, I, I <laughs> I'm not dis disagreeing with you on there. I know I'm not the greatest <laughs> DD player in the world. Trust me, I know that I've got lots to learn on it, but. It's like I said, you know, it just doesn't really matter. It seems like no matter what, in almost every game I get in, I get at least one one strike from rockets, one to two strikes from rockets, and half my health's gone. And then the rest of the game, I got to go try to hide. And, and what am I doing hiding at the back? I mean, uh, I'm, I'm not hiding on the B line. No, I mean, I, I agree with you. It's it, I think it's harder to play a DD now than it's ever been before. But hopefully, like you said, you know, it's a step in the right direction and things get better for us. Well, it's it's at least something, and uh, that's that's what I think a lot of people been screaming for. So, it's uh, it's coming, and I don't know when, but like I said, it's in testing, and, and I'm looking forward to it. So, uh, with that, let's take a quick break, guys, and uh, we'll be right back. <laughs> 
All right, and we're back, and we were talking about the DDs. Uh, we've covered a lot of stuff in a short amount of time, but uh, we, we were talking about CVs, and I think now's as good a time as any to talk about the uh, the, the new German carriers that are in pre-release, and there are directives up now that you can go through and, and possibly get one out of a container, or at least you know start working on it anyway. Um, I don't know. I haven't read a whole lot of these, and I, I've never played the Graf Zeppelin. It's just one of those that I haven't got around to, and I, I'm not going to throw a bunch of money into the game if I don't have to. Um, I do like the, the British and the Japanese uh, uh, carriers. I also like the, the Ranger down at 6 uh, with the uh, the Americans. But uh, I would ask Sock here, you're, you've probably played the the zeppelin before uh, uh is it going or are the the new german cvs going to play similar or uh what have you learned about those um i've heard that people don't really like them i've heard that people think the armor piercing rockets are kind of sucktastic but again i don't have any experience with any of them i don't have the graph zeppelin and it, it also doesn't get armor piercing rockets and i think that's the really big the biggest thing like, you know, that's kind of this new carrier line's whole shtick is the armor-piercing rockets. I know I've been hurt pretty bad by them a couple times, but apparently, you know, a full salvo of AP rockets on a destroyer does, like, absolutely nothing because they all overpin. Well, the other shtick um, to have is the carriers have turtleback armor, which um, I haven't had the opportunity to shoot at one yet, so I don't, I don't really know, but that sounds really amazing to me. Um, and the only thing I've noticed about uh, the planes themselves is uh, they're pretty squishy. Um, they, they go down a lot faster than, than other uh, nations' planes do. And uh, as far as the crates you were talking about, you do have the opportunity of getting the 4, 6, or 8, tier 8 uh, out of the crate, but not the tier 10. Yeah. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, the other thing with these carriers... The dive bombers, they don't go up before they go down. They just go straight down. So their their prep time for their attacks are a little faster. Yeah, I was hearing somebody talk uh, in channel the other night that they seem like they have, when they're making their run, it's almost opposite of what all the other carriers in the game right now do. How you... you, you you click your mouse. You start the start the run. Once you got your little crosshairs where you want to go, you start your run and you go in. And then you've got a, a timer that ticks down. And once you pass that timer, if you haven't launched, you rejoin the group and have to make another run. And I, I, I've heard it's it's more the opposite in that. I don't I don't know. It sounds like the opposite to me. I, I don't know if any of you guys have even played any of these or, or have any information on that, but it uh, definitely sounds interesting. I just heard the targeting uh, reticle on the on the dive bombers is very very difficult. Um, Shep is again playing uh, his German aircraft carrier, and he's saying there's times when the bombing reticle is either directly underneath them or even slightly behind them and he said the color scheme is a little bit different too um he's had multiple times where there's been splashes or whatever and it's the same color as the reticle and he couldn't even see his reticle so um he says it's very difficult to get used to well and and i suppose we have to wait until we you know we unlock any of them from crates or if any of them, us get into them and uh get some more info there but at least it's it's something new that they're putting out and uh you know i've always kind of kind of leaned that way they've they've had the the uh, japanese and the american uh cvs for so long and it wasn't long ago they launched the british line and uh i i know germany really didn't have a fleet of of carriers so this is more paper ships than anything else but it is nice to see another country getting uh carriers you just just something else to try and uh you know a little shtick in there too and and something different anyway it's it's nice to see but anyway moving from that until we get more info on those and more play time since they're like i said pre-release so we don't really unless we get lucky like shep and get them in a crate we're not going to have a whole ton of knowledge on it um a ship kind of a blast from the past uh they announced i, I believe in 9.7 they are bringing back the kitakami i saw this ship 
way back for a short period of time. And I have a take or two, but I'd like to hear what you guys think about it coming back. Uh, and this, uh, what was it, a Tier 8 uh, that it's kind of come back as, and it wasn't originally. So what are your guys' thoughts on the Kitakami? Well, before we get into that, have any of you guys been around long enough to have been in games with it? No, yes. I, was, I was not at that time. I, I was uh, way back when it was original, uh, yes. But do any of you remember it? I guess none of you were closed beta testers, were you? No, no I was not. Okay, I remember it from way back then. So that's where most of my experience comes from. This was back before when I believe it got the 20 kilometer Shima Torps. Um, with the same reload, same everything, just kind of plunked them down on it. And this was back before they nerfed the Shimakaze's Torps, before they nerfed the concealment. Like these things were stealthier than modern deep water torpedoes. They were ridiculous. You wouldn't see them till they were right on top of you. The ship itself at tier eight, the torpedoes were a terror, yes. But the ship itself, is if it got spotted, it was essentially done for. Because yeah. it was a tier four ship. It was it's a Kuma. Yeah, with it was actually less speed. guns. It has like three hundred and twenty seven millimeter guns at tier eight. That was just pathetic. And they shot like ten kilometers. It was torpedoes are nothing. It was essentially a destroyer with a citadel, was how people described it. Kind of like uh, uh, kind of like the Atlanta, but a torpedo version. And it was a fantastic ship in the sense of the torpedoes, but other than that, it was terrible. And I'm really interested to see how it's going to perform in the, in the 2020 World of Warships with radar and hydro and, and all that stuff. If, and if I remember correctly, back in the closed beta, hydroacoustic search hadn't been, wasn't in the game yet. That didn't exist. I know radar didn't exist back then. Um, I think it's going to be really interesting, especially seeing it at, at Tier 9. And from what I understand, they're not really changing much about it, other than the torpedoes are going to be shorter range. Yeah, 15k, but uh, you know, what I do remember of the ship is that it was a cruiser, and I thought it was Tier 6 originally. Um, it was Tier 8. It was Tier 8 then, too? Yeah. Okay, um, regardless, is I always thought it as a ship that guarantees you're going to be pink a lot because it's as much a danger to your enemies as it is your own team. Um, those torps get out there a long ways and it's similar to the Shimikaze. I mean, how many times have you launched a bunch of torps and forgotten about them and three minutes later somebody's running into them on your team? You know, and it's a, or a cruiser, so that's uh, you're going to get spotted easier. So I, I don't know. I don't think it's something that's going to be on my bucket list, but I know there's a couple of guys in the clan that are really fired up about it. So I don't know, man. Um, I had a question about the original one because I don't remember it that well. Couldn't you fire all 40 torpedoes at the same side? Because I know on this nope. one you cannot. No, nope. it was uh, in that sense. It's unchanged. You had to shoot twenty and then turn around, shoot the other twenty. What a lot okay. of people did. I didn't have it back in the day. What a lot of people did is they'd kind of use it as kind of a rolling thing. What a lot of people do with the Shimakaze now, where they'd only shoot one or two launches at a time, so you'd basically always have some torpedoes ready to go. Yeah, because gotcha. wow, you're really gimped. You're launching twenty torps at a time. That's <laughs> still yeah, way better than most destroyers out there on the water. All forty, launching all forty. Yeah, it was definitely a recipe to go pink, and it was kind of a waste because if you missed all, then well, you can't do anything for two minutes because your guns are useless. Well, you're in a cruiser, so you have to run and get some get some hiding distance. I um. I do hope World of Warships makes this thing a tough to get. I mean, I don't ever want to be in a match where I've got four of those on both sides. You know, that would just be terrible. Well, hope you got CVs to spot them. They're, they're not destroyers, so they won't be cut in half for their detectability. So spot them and then, uh, you know, hit them with a Citadel and they're gone. Yeah, because I don't think they had much in their health pool. It was, what, 16,000? No, it wasn't much. And back in the beta, that was also before the uh, armor scheme, or not the armor scheme, scheme, but the armor penetration model was changed. That was back before overpens existed. If a shell entered the Citadel, it was a Citadel hit 100% of the time. Wow. That's one reason why they got rid of the Citadels on the destroyers. Yep, back in the day, destroyers had Citadels. 
Yeah, very glad that's not a thing. I have a hard enough time staying alive in destroyers. <laughs> did they though? I don't. Did they have citadels back like way back in the day? From what I understand, from like during the early testing, they actually had yeah, citadels. like back in the alpha, like early yeah. alpha, because that wasn't a thing by the time I started playing. Yeah, that's my understanding. Is way back in the first first iterations in the alpha set settings that everybody had citadels, and then they went up uh, dropping them on the DDs because just one hit to the citadel, you're gone. Yeah, but no, it looks like it'd be an interesting ship just to to play around with. I, yeah, I mean, if you ever watch some of the old videos of it, and I know I've sent some of those out that I've come across for you guys to watch, it's just it's just ridiculous what the the amount of torpedoes that it puts out, and and it's really just basically set on one side of the map. You spam torpedoes and keep everybody away as long as you don't get spotted. Absolutely. And I thought it was interesting. They were going to get what six charges of smoke, but it was really fast. Now that's interesting. I don't think it had smoke back in the day. I could be wrong about that, though. No, I don't. I don't believe it did. But, no, that's right. I don't remember back it. then. Uh, back then, no cruisers had smoke. I don't remember what the first cruiser to have smoke was, but I remember it was like what a cruiser can't have smoke. I think it was the Soviet. Not Kuznetsov, Kusasov. I think that was the first cruiser with smoke, and everybody was like, "What? A cruiser can't have smoke? Well, this is heresy." Yeah, really crazy stuff. Um, you know, moving moving a little bit further. On, you know, we're talking about uh, the DDs and all the things that to take them down. Uh, you know, I I, I I was running with Mando in a game the other day, and uh, you know, he probably remembers this too. But I had my Z twenty three German DD Tier eight out there running and he picked up a uh, tier 8 Orkin it's a Swedish ship but it has radar and that was really interesting I thought and and we did pretty well running together in tandem as a team he'd radar them and then uh, I'd burn them down with with the guns uh, being a German uh, destroyer was able to put up put up some pretty good damage and uh, we were running as a as a kind of a neat little wolf pack of our own out there on the water and uh, doing pretty well but that was one thing that I found really interesting and very unique is that that um, destroyer had radar option. And, you know, it's, it's probably been around forever, but I just noticed the other day the uh, Senyang, the Pan-Asian Tier 8 destroyer, also you can swap smoke and get radar. Now, it's only 75 but it's an interesting little little thing that you can do that, you know, I mean, it makes you more valuable. Uh, and, and I did not realize that. All these years I've been playing off and on the game, and I had no idea that was an option with that Senyang at Tier 8. So, also the Chengmu. Well, yeah, I would imagine it goes from Tier 8 all the way up, and it might even yeah. be available below the, the Senyang. But, uh, yeah, I would imagine the Chengmu as well does, and probably even the Yuyang. Yep, uh, eight, nine, and ten, and they're the only ones in the Pan Asian line that have it. Well, that is very interesting, though, uh, as an option. You got to give up your smoke, but really these days, firing into smoke is pretty uh, pretty simple for most most of your enemies out there. You got to get out of. I've I found honestly when I'm running smoke. I drop it and I just get behind it and get get out of it because the longer I stick in it, I'm going to get torps, I'm going to get random shots, and I'm going to get hit. And once they figure out where I am, I got to start backing up, and they're just going to fire in front and behind where they hit. And it ain't long before I'm done before my smoke's up anyway. So uh, swapping yeah. that is for for a radar is a nice little option. I mean, it's only seven and a half, but. You can light up another DD if, if you're in a cap and he's in a cap. You can light him up, and now you can burn him down. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, one to ask, uh, you guys can correct me, but I think there's one more. Um, it's a premium ship, the Black. Is it the Black that has radar as well? Yes. I believe the so. thing that yeah. makes it special is it gets smoke and radar. That's right. I knew there was something different about it. Yeah, and that's a premium, though, so you got to spend a little bit of money to get into that one. Although... I have heard that the black, at some point in the next handful of patches, they were talking about taking that out of the, the premium and putting it into the armory under coal or possibly steel. I believe it was coal. So you may be able to obtain it that way, which would be really nice. Yeah, it was available for steel forever, and they took it out because nobody was buying it for steel, and it's going to come back for coal at some point in the future. 
Yeah, I'm looking at least according to, to them. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to that now that I've, you know, I've got just about one of every destroyer line out there now. I've got one of them and I'm working on them. And some are down at five, some are six, seven, eight already, but I'm giving them all a fair shake now, whereas I used to just write them off and just stick with BBs and, and uh, cruisers and occasionally carriers. And, uh, you know, it's sad. I, I've got more uh, carrier games than I do destroyer games. But lately that has been changing because I've been in a lot more destroyer play. But that also means my win rate is plummeting. <laughs> <laughs> but it's still a yeah, game. So I'm still having fun. Now. You know, I'm still having fun. That's what matters. It's a video game. We're here to have fun. We have a clan to hang out with buddies, go out there and shoot some stuff. We whine and, and piss and moan a little bit, but it's not the end of the world. You're out there having fun. And I will say, even in some of the games that I end up getting beat down in a destroyer, if I can last and not get taken out by a carrier, if I can last a little bit of the game, I'm still having fun running for my life. I, I mean, there, it adds an element of panic, which I haven't had in, in the, the big, slow-moving battleships. I don't care. I'll just plow into there, just keep firing my guns, and feel almost immortal. Not in a destroyer, man. i got to be hauling butt out of there. And it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. I got to admit, I love it when you have one of those brown pants moments where you're round in a corner and, you know, there's a, a Peter Bagration right there or, you know, a big battleship. And you're like, oh, my God, you just totally wasn't prepared for it. Um, <laughs> it's a uh, it's it's like the worst thing in the world, but it's kind of cool at the same time. You're like, oh, my God. And, you know, if you happen to live and you get some torpedoes off and you sink, it, make, it makes it that much better. You know, if he sinks you, you're kind of like, "Oh my God, I can't believe that just happened." You know, and you and you want to talk about it. It's it's uh it's it's weird that way. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's pretty interesting. Um, I'm gonna move on to the last topic that I wanted to cover tonight, guys. Was the uh, they're talking about patch 9.7? So I mean, we're we're not into what are we 9.5 still or 9.6? We oh, this was 9.6. We just had 9.6 like two days ago. Okay, outstanding. So we are in 9.6. They're talking about 9.7. Uh, Naval Base is actually getting an update. Um, I don't know what you guys have read about that. I can pull up the stats, but you guys, uh, what are your thoughts on uh, on that for uh, the Naval Base? It's news to me. So oh yeah, totally, totally news to me too. Uh, what do you what do you know about it? Well. KJ hasn't heard nothing about it either. I suppose you've been driving no. a whole bunch and, and dialing into to other more adult podcasts, eh? Uh, no, I hadn't. Uh, I mean, I hadn't get. Well, was I was with the wife, so I didn't get a chance to listen to yours while I was driving because for some reason she likes to talk while we're driving. I don't know. No, so, yeah. yeah. You know how that goes. So I was busy chatting with her for most of my driving chat. So I didn't get a chance to listen to yours as like I like planned. <laughs> That's all right. No worries. It's it's always there. Um, since you guys haven't heard about it, 9.7, the Naval Base update, I've actually got the blog post pulled up, and I will read it. It says, in 9.7, the Naval Base will get several updates. Uh, one of them, four new expansions are going to be added for the Treasury, which will allow clan leaders to regularly exchange oil for more resources and lucky uh, more resources, lucky, and super containers. They also now have treasury levels. They have a research institute. Uh, this will give bonuses to the amount of received XP. Uh, is renamed to Naval Institute, and, will, and a new building called Research Institute is added. It will increase the amount of resource, uh, research points received. Uh, research Institute levels... Um, so, I mean, they, they've got a lot of little things that, that you can put oil into, you know, once you're done grinding the all of the benefits and whatnot that a clan gives you, they can actually, once you're starting to fill up and you're loaded with oil and you got, okay, we've got tons of oil and we're already maxed out, we've got, granted, it'll take a while. Um, once you've got all that oil and you've got nothing to do with it, now you have stuff to do with it. You can sp put it in, spend it with the treasury. And you can actually get more resources out of it, uh, probably coal, steel, all of that stuff. You can try, you know, play the lucky game with it, or you can get super containers for your members. 
which is really kind of interesting. So it'll be fun to see how they do that. Also, you know, I don't know how many of you guys look at the naval battles, or not naval battles, naval base itself, and you see all of the little structures, and you're surrounded, you know, right outside. You're, you're right up against a little port and a little bit of water there, and, uh, you know, it's like a little seaport. Well, now, to visually show how active a clan is to enrich the naval base, the water area will get filled with ships and vessels depending upon the clan's activity in battles. The more random games, the more cooperative games, the more ranked battles that are played by clan members in the previous month, the more vessels will be shown in that naval base. The number of ships obviously will depend on the number of clan battles played last season as well. So that's pretty interesting. I mean, that's just kind of a visual bonus, but I'm liking the ability to, you know, trade the oil that's going to be unused for rewards, super containers, stuff like that to give out to members. You know, I mean, that's really interesting. It's kind of a nice little, I mean, it's it's, it's another reason for people to, to get in a clan, you know. Yeah, kind of a step in the direction we mentioned before about uh, too bad they don't have the ability to like donate credits and stuff like that. So you're getting kind of almost kind of like a guild bank almost or a clan bank. Right. It's almost as if they listen to us. <laughs> the, well, that's scary. Way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, really. But, uh, you know, it, it's nice that, I mean, we can give out. I mean, there's they said lucky in quotes. So maybe it's going to be like when you're picking up a container you've unlocked you, you get your three containers a day as you progress and get xp you can try your luck i think that's what they're referring to uh that's my take on that also you can select a super container for you know individuals and divvy them out that way too so i mean it's really kind of an interesting thing uh you don't really know what you're going to get out of those but you know, it's still pretty neat. It, it's it's nice to see so much development all of a sudden. A uh, lot of work on on the game. A lot of things coming down the pike. And uh, the next handful of updates, there's going to be some really interesting changes coming. And, and like Nimit said earlier, there's already so much to do. It's almost overwhelming. And now they're going to be adding this to the naval base. Uh, which will benefit clans that have been around a long time and are loaded, but it will also give us, you know, who just recently started and are growing, you know, substantially, um, ways to benefit, you know, and help members even more. That's pretty exciting. I think uh, World of Warships is doing a great job with making sure that the game doesn't go stale, you know. Um, I've been kind of be interesting to see, you know, what the, the membership level was you know, at its peak or if it's still going up. I mean, I'd love to find a graph or a chart on that somewhere and talk about that sometime as well. Yeah, I can uh, I can put a, a link to the blog post uh, for you guys. But what, what was that, KG? I was going to say, at one point in time, there was a lot of people that were doing some tracking on that. I'll, I'll have to hit up a few people, see if I can figure out or see if I can go back and find out. Because I know there was people that was actually tracking some of that as far as like the daily player base and... And between all the different servers, between uh, RU, uh, UE, and, and NA, and SEA, and all that kind of stuff that they were kind of tracking to see how popular it was. Because, I mean, for a while there, here in the NA, it was popular, but of course, in Europe and Russia and, and other areas, it was even it was much more popular than it was here. And I'd be kind of interested to see if we're actually growing on that anymore. Yeah, and I would imagine uh, the player activity levels have spiked dramatically over this past week, or even since nine point five. Um, I it, again, I think it'd be interesting to to find something on paper and look at it and, and discuss it. Well, and and I don't know about it, the recent patches, but it wasn't long ago. I, I don't remember where I heard this, read this, you know, saw this, but. The indication was that the NA server is by far the most active server now, and it never used to be. So I don't know if, if ad campaigns, you know, I know I remember seeing Ovechkin do some ads on TV, normally during hockey games and whatnot, you'd see it, but maybe that had something to do with it. Uh, maybe the COVID is, is being much more helpful than they expected in this. Uh, oh, that's a good you point. Know, I, I don't know. I, there's, there could be a lot of, lot of ways that, uh, or not a lot of reasons why NA got so much more popular. So 
interesting though very interesting yeah and there's a lot of um trendy youtubers that are you know getting more and more sponsored by uh wargaming and doing videos for world of warships i mean you know i'm, I'm sure like you know people have watched like linus and and maybe jay's two cents and stuff like that as far as computer tech people is concerned they do sponsors and stuff like that for us so i'm sure that's also helping getting to a broader audience as well fun fact i actually divisioned with him on his stream once who linus or jay's jay because he actually plays yeah i know he actually does play and he actually does stream it too yeah he's a decent player yeah there's a handful of uh streamers that we've uh we've come in contact with and, and, and played with. I know Citizen S9 uh, has been in a game or two with me and probably a handful of us. Uh, I've seen Wookiee, uh, Wookiee Legend. Yep. We've we've played and I, I, I believe one or two of the guys in the clan have the uh, have the prestige to say that they were able to take him out in the game, so that was kind of cool. I sank so. Notzer once. Oh, there you go. See, I mean, they're streamers, but you know what? They can be sunk just as easy as everybody else. <laughs> he's really good. I've been sunk by him on a few occasions. <laughs> yeah, he's really good. He always ends up being in the right place and just knows, yeah, he's really good. They're all really good. I mean, they eat, live, sleep, and breathe this game. Yeah. Well, it's good that there are streamers out there, you know. Not everybody watches Mr. Sock stream. There are some that watch other streams, but... Uh, why don't we go ahead and wrap up and uh, hey, sock you? We can... gave him four viewers, to, four viewers tonight. Come on. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, think yeah. My, I think my most is five. I think that's the most I've ever had, and that was only for a brief time. Nobody but... interacts with me in chat, though. <laughs> it's well, like, I, I did. It's hard <laughs> talking to yourself. Well, that's uh, that's why we're getting it out. Now people can know you're out there and come find you, and we'll before long you'll have all kinds of stuff. But at this point, you just started not too long ago, so it's going to take some time. It'll be fine. Of course. But yeah, you can find me at the at uh, twitch.tv slash mrsock97, all one word. Um, I think there's a link to it in the description of this, isn't there? Yes, yes. Every description uh, or uh, every episode has a description at the uh, at the bottom, and uh, you have been listed in every one of them. Excellent. Yeah, that's all my shilling I have to do. KJ, any any last shots before we head out? Uh, just steal one from Mr. Sock. DD's lives matter. <laughs> I like that. How about you, Nimitz? Anything anything uh, for you to say since this probably will be your last appearance for a couple of weeks? Uh, I wish. I kind of wish Mando was here. I kind of would love to get into that conversation about the Odin because I have it now as well, and I'm not a fan of it. But um, only other thing, uh, hey guys, don't forget to play your naval battles. They're uh, they're ready tonight. Let's do it. Right on, right on. I'll tell you what, Nimitz. If you're available when we record next, when we do have Mando and his contract has been successfully renegotiated, and we have a Mando again, we will have you on, and and you guys can go back and forth about. You can tell him the Odin sucks, and he can tell you how great it is. Awesome, and if he gets three point one four million, I'll do it for three. Just saying. <laughs> well, that's why we call you Discount Mando. <laughs> All right, wrapping it up, everybody. Uh, you know, there was one last thing. My parting shot is uh, if you have a Twitch account or a YouTube account, uh, this is is the time to subscribe or uh, follow the the World of Warships official channel uh, in linking it with your account because they've got all kinds of monthly giveaways that they're doing from from containers to ships to credits to i i got the the one last month that uh just popped up and it was i linked it i had to relink it to get it to actually activate um but i ended up getting god what did i get i ended up getting a 10 point uh captain uh for united states and though i don't use her and she doesn't have any voiceovers or anything, but it's still a free 10-point captain out of it. And I, I want to say I got a crate with some with some uh, 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 credits and whatnot in it, and maybe some flags too. But I mean, it it was free. 
All I had to do was link my stuff. So it's important to do if you want to get some freebies, uh, you know, and you, you for watching Twitch, you know, you get you get uh, Twitch crates and you get little uh, little missions to do in game that uh, will get you extra free stuff. So a lot of people out there, you know, play it for free still and don't don't uh, have a subscription. You don't necessarily need to have one. There's there's other ways to go about getting free stuff and that can uh, improve your game or at least uh, enrich it a little bit more so with that this has been the full broadside we thank everybody for listening and uh look down in the show notes hit us with an email if you got any questions or want to tell us we suck or anything like that hit us up stop by check out uh sock stream uh, on his channel too so thanks for listening again and uh we won't be so long next week uh we, we will be back again next week we won't have to wait since it's not a holiday weekend and uh we look forward to hearing from you again take care everybody until then bye-bye Music used in this podcast was provided by Joseph McDade. Find him at josephmcdade.com.